With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Great to be with you on a Balls Mick Wednesday. I'm Jeff. That is Tom and Director Matthew in the house as well. Good times. Good times. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Welcome on in. Actually, I'm excited right off the bat here uh, to, to talk to Tom. I haven't talked to him. It feels like it's weird because we probably spent the better part of however many. How many years we've been doing the show together, Tom? You know how many years we've been doing it? You're on mute. <laughs> well, there you go. I usually mute it on the board itself. So uh, not long enough for me to know what mute and non-mute uh, functions are. But uh, this may, if you're including the internship and uh, that part of it, 15 years, 15 years. Yeah. So I think for the better part of 15 years is the right way to say it. We've uh, had a daily interaction. And yesterday we didn't, we didn't uh, like sometimes we go a day occasionally now if we're on vacation if you're on vacation i'm on vacation that's the exception but like as a work day pretty much talk every day and it occurred to me yesterday was a simple headlines day you and i have not had a chance to talk on the jeff cameron show uh about just the the bombshell nastiness of florida states uh shall i retort uh, and it was a thing of beauty and I'm still, I still, I don't, I tried to state it emphatically yesterday and I think I've said it in many, as many ways as I can to people on and off the air. Like that to me was as big a F you and we are done here moment as there could possibly be delivered. Like if that were a breakup, there is no, you're going to talk to each other in the future. There is no, I wish you well. There's no, at this point, 
when you go after the man and the man's kid, you've decided that all bets are off here. That is a that's a breakup that ends with I hate you. I hope we never see one another again. And if we do, I hope you trip and fall and hurt yourself. I hate you. And you're like, okay, well, there's no ambiguity in that letter. I don't think Susan would like to talk to me ever again. Okay, I got it. That is that is the end of that. It was awesome. There's no, well, you know, they left the door open a little bit. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. This is, it's almost obscene. And it's beautifully obscene. It's just, let's light this bitch on fire. It's glorious. Did you read the same way? Did you not get excited in the same way? Oh, I did. I did. You know, the thing is, it's almost like this representation of Florida State. I know there are a couple of holdovers in the athletic office and, and maybe some even on the legal team that, you know, have been living and dying by the situation for a long time. But it's almost like they're speaking for everyone over the past 12 years. Cause that's around the time that the grant of rights was initially signed. And, and we knew that Florida state was heading down this path with the ACC long-term, but a lot of these players, you know, at, at the board of trustees level, the, uh, certainly uh, the athletic director wasn't here. The president of the university was not here. A lot of these guys inherited this situation. Mm-hmm. And yet that document read as, Hey, for the last 12 years of what you've been doing to everybody, not just us, long before we got here, this is for you, pal. And it's, you know, and it's a middle finger. And, and yes, it was nice to see nepotism and Swafford get thrown around there left and right as one of the principal keys to it. They specifically named him instead of using ACC in the place of John Swafford. And then they went after Chad. <laughs> And that, too, was great. And I cannot stop chuckling that the man's name is Chad. It was so perfect. It'd be like going after a woman who was insufferable and her name is Karen. You just couldn't believe it worked out so perfectly. And I was uh, the more I read it, I thought, oh, well, that is so perfect. But it also answered some questions. And I, I think that's the other part of it. It's sort of the... What would they be willing to do? How far are they willing to go? And, you know, way back after that original Board of Trustees meeting, Tom, I remember saying to you on the air, and we talked about this a little bit, and we we, we said, don't underestimate the significance of the willingness to put that on video. Don't underestimate how important it is that they not only chose to say what they said, but they did it knowing that the world was watching. Because to me... That is overwhelming evidence that they were willing to go the distance. You have now, you, you, that's a shot across the bow. It is, and, and I said at the time, it's not a jab, it's a declaration of war. You have just told everybody else in the conference, that's what I'm saying, this is where I'm getting to. And then if they needed affirmation, they got it a couple days ago. But it, you have just told everybody in the conference, yo, the time is now. Let's go. You know, and the question was going to be sort of uh, whether or not you had your ducks in a row, whether or not you understood to the degree that needed to be understood what was coming back at you the second you did it. Um, you know, I... I 
it, it made me think of only it's timed right. Uh, the famed uh, clip, uh, the the Leroy Jenkins bit. <laughs> it's, Florida State yelled Leroy Jenkins and just went in, <laughs> and they're like, "Damn it, Leroy!" Like that's the ACC furious. And I'm thinking, yeah, man, that's it. We times up, times so, up. So, yeah, that that's what he says in the beginning. Yeah, and that's where Boston College and Wake and Duke go. Oh, no, 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 Leroy, what are you doing? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time's up. Let's do this. Yeah. Leroy, I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's it. what it was. And and the thing is that now you're starting to see it, the language I saw in the last week of North Carolina's chancellor, which flies in the face of Cunningham's language, which is what we know North Carolina to have been in this process. Cowardly, cowardly, like Clemson, cowardly. Man, when there's this much teeth, this many teeth. And I'm not saying that Florida State's going to get out for zero dollars. They're not. But a lot of people thought this was going to be a house of cards. They build it up. Oh, that's a weak case. That's, I mean, Florida State. Come on, guys. You're complicit in every step of the way. Mm. And Florida State brings its first uh, lawsuit or whatever you want. Its first action. Then the amended complaint. And you see that there are layers upon layers here that they can bring to a settlement negotiating table. What's your excuse, Clemson? What's your excuse, North Carolina? Why weren't you on the ground with us initially? Because this evidence is for everybody to consume. It is, but, you know, it's interesting. This is what happens when you're at the forefront and you're exacting change and you are a trailblazer. And I'm not trying to paint Florida State as heroic. Florida State is rightfully, understandably, desperate, but in the right kind of way. You have to – there comes a time, there's a moment, there's a line drawn where you decide, all right, am I in or am I out? What am I doing here? I understand that all that comes with this. Like, if you want to bring it back to a sports conversation, if you want to bring it back to, um, you know, a training-type regimen, there, there's this idea that you have at some point where you say, you know, I, I'd really like to get in the best shape of my life. Well, anybody can say that. I mean, you and I could sit around over a couple of beers in, in an off season and say, you know – I think this year, this next year is going to be different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get after it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna train. Okay. Well, what are you training for? Well, I want. It's not to, that I want to look good. I want to train for something. I want to. I have a goal. What's your goal? Well, I, I'd really one day like to compete in the Ironman. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is there's a world of difference here. You know, I, I, I love going to Orange Theory. Orange Theory Fitness is awesome. It is not the same as deciding at the sacrifice of everything else that I do out here in the non-fitness world, I'm going to do this, this pursuit of an impossibly difficult race, right? I have to swim every day. I've got to run. I've got to do all these things. I've got to eat right. i got to go to bed on time. I can't have a sip of alcohol. i gotta, I got to give it all up. I'm all in. At some point, you just say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Well, Florida State recognized rightfully you know, this isn't going to work, guys. If you look at what we decided to do years ago when we built this incredible facade at Doe Campbell Stadium and invested in being an elite football program because we understood the economic impact and we understood what it would do for the university, the growth of the university, the academic side, the total enrollment, 
as well as what it did for all of the other programs, athletic programs, and what it would do for the department. So they understood that by anting up and, and going all in, that was a decision you really can't go back on. You can't decide, oh, nope, nope, didn't mean it. You're all in. Everything that you're, you're gearing towards is dependent on that commitment and the success. Now, you know you're not going to have a uh, success in perpetuity. I mean, you have up years and down years, but you can't have too many of them or you end up like Nebraska. And you can't have too many of them or you just go away. You become obsolete. As we say on the show, you go the way of the dodo. Florida State couldn't afford to do that. And where we've been uh, angst-ridden in the past, Tom, as, uh, as, as Knowles and as those covering the program, there have been some stretches there, the lost decade, for example, and then just after Jimbo, where you go, ooh, this is getting uncomfortable. This is going on too long. This is uh, too many years in the wilderness. One too many times out there at the back of the bar in the alley by the dumpster getting kicked dirt in the face, right? We, we got to start turning this around. And Florida State did. They, they've been able to do it. In this case, they, their, their future, their existence, their, who they are, their identity was on the line. And so somewhere along the way, they recognize, uh, rightfully so, it's a matter of economics, oh, well, the landscape's changed, and we need to change with it. And if this conference can't, then we can't be here. And we're going to go ahead and sound the alarms. Now, it's not, I, I don't know if they thought that others would recognize what is plainly obvious. I don't know how these other institutions uh, didn't think to themselves, you know, they're right. They're really, really right. Only to say that maybe perhaps the arrangement for many teams in the ACC is just fine. They're very comfortable at Wake Forest with the arrangement. They're very comfortable at Boston College with the arrangement. They know they're not what we are. I'm not trying to be dismissive of what they are as academic institutions. I'm talking about the nuts and bolts of running a successful, powerful, dominant, elite football program. Those programs recognize they're probably getting what they should get. If you're awake in BC and Syracuse and the rest of these half-assed schools that don't matter in the big picture of college football, then you're probably happy with the arrangement. But Florida State can't afford to be, can't be, period, ever in that situation, not for a prolonged period of time. And Clemson should know that, should recognize that. North Carolina should too. I mean, I'm sure they figured out a long time ago, it ain't basketball, baby. That's somewhat irrelevant in the big picture. Your history be damned. Pretty sure Miami recognized it. I don't know if they care to compete, but that's the point. Like, you've got to do what's in your best interest. And I wondered at the time, I think maybe to a point we all did, do they understand that this will be for blood? Because once you make the declaration that I'm describing, you have just declared war on the, on the conference, and the conference is now going to have to come back in whatever way they can to defend themselves because if they lose Florida State, they're pretty much about to lose any chance they have long-term of competing on equal footing with the power conferences that remain, the power two. Well, that's the delusion that they believe. They cannot compete. They are not competing on the same footing as the power two. It's not happening. And it won't happen if, in the best case scenario for the ACC, until the middle part of the next decade when they can come up with a negotiation and at that point they can see what they're worth. 
but they're not competing at the same level. You have the college football playoff chairman, whatever Bill Hancock's title is right now with the playoff committee and the playoff organization saying that we are a so-called power five conference. Mm So-called you're not, we're not one of them. We're not in the club. The ACC is not in the club. And, And to your point, this is what happens when a majority or enough votes that don't get cast in an organization are not a part of the club themselves, and they know they'll never be a part of the club. So this is okay by me. Like Boston College, for example, we've been in a corporate setting or two. That's where we first met was in a corporate setting. You know how many good people got laid off by the corporation that were so much more qualified and productive than somebody who got left on board? Why did that person stay and the other one go? Not politics. Their salary was too low. They're like the office cockroach, you know, and that's, that's what happens in corporate America is, oh, well, he doesn't get paid enough, so let's keep him around or what, what he should be paid. Let's cut this other person, make them work double. Like that was me 12, 10 years ago. I, I got lucky because I was on hourly, not salary. Mm-hmm. What in a way, that's Boston College right now, their value. You know, Boston College, they're just like, they're this whole time, they're going, they're yeah. not saying a word. No, they won't say they're anything. Just, yeah, this is a good deal for them. Back and forth, they're going, how long? How long do you think this lasts? How long before they figure it out? Yeah, how because, long until they wake up and go, this is ridiculous? Well, well, speaking of wake, wake up. Wake Forest tells you that they're one of the fastest growing institutions. One of the fastest growing, 106% increase, this and that. Yeah. If that was actually true, and let's say that they were, then they would want out too because this is a bad deal for them. It's a yeah. bad deal for you, Wake. Why don't you acknowledge it as a bad deal for you? Because they know it's not. It's a great deal for them. It's been a great deal for them. And by the way, let me answer this, Life Spectator. I'm not putting North Carolina football in the same stratosphere as FSU and Clemson in terms of on-field success. I'm talking about their value to the big two. And they understand that they are immensely valuable. Some would say more valuable in a lot of ways than Clemson and maybe even Florida State. North Carolina is desired by the SEC and by the Big Ten. They have a landing spot. They should recognize that as being vitally important because it's all the money. It's all the money. Go, go. Be part of the mass exodus. This second-class conference cannot compete. And they don't seem to have an understanding uh, of just how uh, dire the circumstances are. Or they would not have answered so many of these direct questions with deflections time and again. And now the gloves are off. Yes, now they're answering. And they're doing so, uh, I'd say, rather significantly. They are announcing their presence with authority. They fired back. And Florida State, as I said at the outset, said, allow me to retort. And now you wonder, where is this going to go? Because I got to believe there's more in the coffers. Let's go. Get it out there, baby. This is where the ugliness, if you had sought to avoid this, had they known that the second volley was going to be, oh, yeah, well, John Swafford's a crook who set his son up for success and steered contracts to to Raycom so that they can continue to steal money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Fellas, we're having a conversation about the conference. What, What are you? What is that? I mean, you're that's beyond a besmirch. <laughs> that is that is altering uh, the way a man's career and legacy is viewed. This changes the dynamic of the way families are spoken of. You have just decided to uh, skip 
and and go straight to third base from first. We're we're over here at second base. You can't cut across the di- oh, we're cutting across the diamond. I ain't got time for all this. You want to come back with something? Come on. And like it's funny to watch. It's funny to watch, and it's also affirming. That's my point. When when they did it, when I sat and read that piece yesterday morning, that was one of the best coffee moments in the last several months that I've had. You guys all know I like to get up early, have some coffee, and chill out, and enjoy the, the few minutes of silence I get in a day. And, and the kids are asleep, and my dog is asleep, and my wife is asleep, and I read a couple of things, and I sip my cup, and I see what the weather's going to be like, and I'd be an old man. I love it. And I'm, I'm reading that article, Tom, and I'm laughing. I'm chuckling. This is fantastic. I want to call you. I almost called you right then and there. I'm like, I wonder if he's up. This is one of the coolest things I've ever read. This is a suck it moment. So I knew that something was coming Monday night because Ira called me around 645, 650 p.m. He said, hey, got, got wind that, you know, this amended complaint is coming down. So the smash turned into like a recruiting chat because Ira needed to go parse through that. There's a lot of documents. You yeah. got to take a look. Here's the first one. It's X amount of pages. Here's the second one. It's nearly 60 pages. All right. What the hell is different between A and B? And then I rolled, so nothing came of it until I was already asleep. I rolled over halfway through the night and I wondered, I, I pulled up social, which I never do. And I said, I wonder, did we write, did, did he post? And sure enough, yeah, it was. he did. And he's like, and they brought the fire. I was like, okay, okay. So let's read this thing. <laughs> and it's awesome. But here's the thing that's coming. Here's my prediction. And I don't think it's really a, that difficult of one. I'm not going out on a limb here. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to save it. That's the ultimate tease. It's the Ooh. Jeff Cameron show. 93.3 real talk radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing no. and zaxby's worry about the beer you bring the zaxby's you're gonna be the hero just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces too they've got like 97 sauces and they're all delicious i don't know if you guys know this there are 27 zaxby's in tallahassee alone 27 you can't miss them i think that's true in general in every city in america they're like so peach trees in atlanta they're everywhere look around find you a zaxby's and get after it by the way your tallahassee zaxby's a proud golden chief booster for 18 years go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. 
Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Tell that the house is not Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you on the Balls Big Wednesday. It's uh, a lot of fun having this conversation. It's a meaty, fun conversation. It's a kind of conversation. It's like we were talking during the break, Tom. It's like why people like succession. It's like you get into the the, the, the gloves are off phase uh, and, and people fighting for their existence. Things happen. Things get said. And, you know, we can all relate. You know, there's a there's a. You could say, well, you know, this is something that is extrapolated immensely, but it's a microcosm of certain arguments you've had in the workplace or in certain relationships when the rubber met the road and things had to be said and we had to define our terms. Let's define our terms. What are you mad about? What am I mad about? What are we actually arguing about? And then, you know, who's willing to go all the way in in this discussion? and expose feelings and vulnerabilities and all this stuff. And, you know, it's a lot different if it's somebody you love. This is much more uh, ugly and, and, and combative because there's no love lost here. This isn't like, oh, well, we'd like to preserve this thing. We'd like to see this work out. This is an F you. I, I, I don't care. I can't survive if this continues the way that it's going. And so here's here it is. And there it is. <laughs> this is the Jack Black punting. Oh, what do you love? You destroyed the only thing I love. Right. That's what do it. You love? That's it. That's where we're at. <laughs> so here's the prediction. It's already happened in a way once, but if you looked at what's going on with North Carolina, you've got their athletic director calling out Florida state for barking quote unquote in the past mm. recent past their chancellor said in this past week that he hopes they don't have to cut some of their 28 sports that they are so proud. They're so proud of Carolina with 28 different programs. They hope they don't have to cut any. That chancellor was talking about financial realities, including NIL in this day and age. But then their version of Peter Collins, their board of trustees chair, said, and and here's a couple of lines, there's more, I think that we all just need to realize that it's a new day in college athletics than it was when the ACC was created. He also says, if the current financial model of the Atlantic Coast Conference doesn't improve, then it would cause real concern about how Carolina could continue to maintain its excellence in athletics. So here is my prediction. That's already the first echo. Be prepared for echoes from different corners of this conference, like at Clemson and maybe a couple of others, that are going to say the exact same thing that we were saying last year. It reminds me of a couple of years ago, when I was in between the old place of employment and war chant, I took a, a sabbatical. I took a month. I went up north to go see some family up here. And as I was getting up here, the doors were just opening from COVID. Like the lights were coming on, restaurants, bars. And the people sounded exactly the same as we did in Florida a few months earlier. It was like, oh, thank God, we're back. I'm like, I told my wife, it's like, it's going, it's like going back into a time machine. I'm hearing echoes. It's yeah. the same thing that we were experiencing. It's wild to see that a few months later down the line. That is what's going to happen here. It's going to drive us nuts as Florida State fans and, as you put it, as trailblazers. But be prepared. The Board of Trustees chair from North Carolina is the first, but there are going to be another handful or two of power players in this conference that are going to sound just like we did last year. Well, okay, and I'll continue down that path. 
when we were critical, now I don't want to relitigate all of this, and there were some things that I could have said differently, but at the time that I thought Bobby Bowden needed to step down at FSU, this was a debate amongst the fan base. We all went back and forth, and was there a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this, and what what were we in the midst of doing, and what should happen, and how long should somebody get to, to right the ship, and all this stuff, right? And I remember the thing that aggravated me the most, and you remember this because I said it over and over again, these same folks, these talking heads at ESPN that are ripping those that are on the side of moving on are the same ones that every Saturday when Florida State loses to somebody they ought not lose to, to somebody who has less talent and it's, de- and it's decisive, and they're in the midst of having a five-loss or six-loss season that rips our asses for being terrible in football that just goes prattling on and on about how bad Florida State is. But God forbid anybody else says, yeah, man, I know. We need to make a change. We got to do something. It's unfortunate. It sucks. It's sad. It's all these things. But this ain't it. This isn't going to get it done. So you can't make fun of us for losing left and right. And then when somebody says we should be able to make a change without being ridiculed nationally and then come back and ridicule us nationally, you can't do it. And we knew this is exactly what was going to happen. The second that Florida State's case had some teeth and the second that they realized, began to realize that maybe, just maybe, they're in the same set of dire circumstances that Florida State finds themselves in and that perhaps Florida State, about the economics anyhow, is right, they're going to start singing the same tune, to your point. They're going to say those same things that they were mocking and ridiculing when Florida State's Board of Trustees first brought it up. They didn't like – Are you? this is the other part of it. This is about the wine and cheese aspect of this conference. So they got all up in arms because Florida State got a little boisterous in the meetings over in Jacksonville. And things went from a calm tone, a respectful conversation to – Perhaps voices were elevated in the room. This is what happens when there's a lot at stake. This is what happens when there's a lot on the line and you don't feel that you're being heard. At some point, having very, very even keel decorum in the midst of a very serious discussion fails. It wanes because the desperation and the anger and the frustration grows. And people who are frustrated and scared and fighting for their life don't talk in calm, even tones to those who aren't listening about the desperate nature of their predicament. So this is how those kinds of conversations get elevated to a place of, well, this is downright ugly. You're you're right. It is ugly. And it's going to get uglier because you're not hearing me. So here you go again. This is uh, John Pryor, not to be confused with John Shire, Mike Patrick. How you doing? Hope you're listening. This is something that you're going to, it's going to sound very familiar to you because we had talked at length about football is the last one out the door. Like when you're talking about, you're going to cut down programs, you're going to cut down expenses. Like football will always remain for as long as possible because this is Florida state. This is a move. If you're trying to get out of the conference that saves your program, all your sports, like this football will be the last to get hurt. And to that to that point, here he is. We have a proud tradition of excellence in a lot of these Olympic sports, from women's soccer to women's field hockey. We're so lucky to have Aaron Matson as the field hockey head coach <laughs> and so lucky to have Jenny Levy with women's lacrosse and so on. 
obviously we have to look at the expense of those Olympic sports and what we might be able to do to offset that expense and cost in future by increasing revenue. It's your conversation, the conversation we had, which is, you, you like, like Lonnie being team? around? You like the softball you, team? You like the soft? Do you like soccer national championships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. compete in basketball? It's on delay. Part of me thinks this is what makes me mad. They knew it all along what the economic situation was at an institution like North Carolina. They knew this was coming. So did they posture because they thought that we couldn't penetrate the grant of rights? Poor phrasing, I suppose. But it is considered ironclad. Were they were they fearful that we couldn't do that? So, and if they were. Then what were their lawyers looking at? Because I'm assuming they're one of the magnificent seven that sent lawyers to review these documents over the years. Well, remember, this is where the political happens because you have a lot of relationships and this gets into the, oh, what a you know tangled web we weave discussion. This is where that goes. I mean, uh, Life Spectator, uh, who has familiarity of that region, I know for a fact, is right to point out that UNCAD, Bubba Cunningham, and Swafford are best friends. So what else would you expect? There's a lot of that best friendness and those that benefited from the good old boy network for years and years and years. So You can find any number of periodicals when, you know, you've got Swafford pounding his chest about what they were able to do with ESPN and the ACC network and Swafford. I mean, they're old boys. Like, so John Skipper and Swafford are longtime North Carolina friends. And they both openly say on the record that one of the reasons they wanted to make this deal work was because they wanted Raycom to continue to exist. That's in periodicals of the time. Yeah. Like press releases. Yeah. They, so, they left part out of, but because my son works there, they left that part out. But you can see it. They're at yeah. the 19th hole at, at Pinehurst. Yes. So, well, my, yeah. look, my son's just not as smart as I am. So, John, what can you do for him? Well, John, here's what I can do for you. Well, hey, by the way, not for nothing, I thought that was fascinating. The, the name John Skipper got mentioned. Just, it, 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 that was just sort of like, hey, we're not going there yet. That's a different yeah. thing. But just make it so that it's in the document so he sees it. <laughs> And so, you know, it's like it's like walking past somebody that uh, you have a problem with, but you hadn't reached that place yet where it's going to become either physical or you're going to confront them down the line if things continue in this manner. And as you pass them, the setting isn't quite right, but you're able to give the mm-hmm. two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you moment and just or the knowing nod. And everybody it's like, that's what that was like, hey, man. Don't think we don't know. That's all that is. And it's, whoo, I'll tell you, it, it, it's a movie. I mean, it's a good movie. You know, somebody in the chat yesterday did a great job of you know quoting the line from Michael Clayton, which is one of my three favorite movies. Um, but you think you got the horses for that? One of the great lines, you know, right there, Clooney and him back, back and forth on the street. You're like, oh, and you think you got the horses for that? You're like, whoo, here we go. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We think we have the horses for that. And now it gets – I just can't wait. There's going to be a retort, and it'll be scathing. Yeah. I mean, that like Florida State doesn't – so yesterday I was thinking the, the lawyers working on behalf of the university in a situation like that, Tom, are sitting there uh, having gone through everything and written up the response. There's a moment. One likes to almost picture it from a movie over a glass of very expensive scotch, perhaps a cigar, and 
you know, a den, a beautiful den with a mahogany desk and all of the books. And there is the casual, it's done. You want me to hit send on this? <laughs> you, you, want me to, you, you want me to hit send on this? You realize what's coming back if I hit send. You want to read this? Because it's done. Uh, yeah. You love the moment. And the emphatic, oh, no, I know what's in there. Please hit send. Now, you wake up the next day with the realization we live in a new world, uh, that there is going to be something on the way back. Now, you ha- you better know what's coming back. What I'm interested in, and I have no idea, did the ACC, because many of these people are no longer involved. You know, Jim mm-hmm. Phillips doesn't have a clue what the hell's going on. He's like, well, good God, this is getting ugly. Uh, you know, poor Jim's over here, flustered, clutching his pearls. He's like, what is happening, everybody? This is This seems a little bit nasty. You know, and then there's an executive at the CW who has seven voicemails, and, and he's like, seven? I work at the CW. I never have more than two. I'm like, all right, let's play the messages. Dennis, uh, this is uh, it's Jim. <laughs> it's Jim again. We're, uh, we're, we're having some difficulties right now, as you know, with uh, Florida State. I just wanted to pick your brain, mm. you know, since we're, we're working partners and friends. You've had some experience with disputes. Just give me a call anytime. I mean, here's my cell. All, all 24 hours, Dennis, give me a call. Is our, Next message. Is our Dennis. Part, Dennis, it's it's Jim again. It's Jim. I know I just called you three hours ago, but I was wondering. I was hoping, you know, mm. maybe you had some time. The third message, Dennis, I'm sorry to bother you again, but it's, it's kind of important. Can you get back to me tonight? I, I, I don't think this can wait. I don't think this can. Just if you would. Maybe I forgot to leave my cell. <laughs> Just like the I, old, yeah. I, I thought I might have said four eight eight seven, but but it's actually a four eight eight five. Yeah. Just uh, in case. Sorry if I gave you the wrong number. If you could, if you could get back to me, please. Um, yeah, that that he's just like, well, I didn't realize how ugly this was gonna get, guys. This is, this is maybe we should let him leave. Maybe we should let. It looks like now maybe we should let him leave. Yeah. We could have avoided mm-hmm. all of this. Well, and, and you said that, that it could end in a moment with a, a scotch and a cigar and somebody just going, done, and they hit the button. Yeah. But don't you agree that it had to have started with Brandy and two old war vets? Yeah. Like Swaffy and Skipper, who were saying, you know, my son Chad, he's just like the other rest of his generation. They're just not as strong as we were, John. Yeah. They're just yeah. not as strong. So I'm worried about him. What do you say for old time's sake? It's like, you know, the old district attorney and the old sheriff having a brandy and they're saying, well, my son's not strong enough to be on the force, but I think he can do well with the law. What do you say he clerks for you this summer? Could he clerk for you this summer? Yeah. We go way back. Of course he can clerk for me. Of course Ray Comp can come in for 25 cents in the dollar. You've got it. Anything you need, pal. It's, uh, they had to know. Those are smart people on both sides working diligently on this. They just had to know from the opening salvo. Well, this has the potential to get ugly. And this is why we were kind of talking about it in those terms. Like, hey, you, you, that was a strong opener. That was the, the, I mean, the first one was just sort of a, a, a nasty email. Like that first board of trustees meeting is a lengthy and considerably nasty email. But it portends. And at that point, you're the recipient of said email in the triangle, and you go, ooh. 
I'm call some higher ups before I re- respond to this here. I think I think this this could get this could get a little feisty, guys. This could get a little feisty. Now we're talking about people who know where the bodies are buried, so we've got to. Re- these are delicate times, very eggshelly kind of stuff going on here, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know this is um, <laughs> more chip blogger all knows. <laughs> That's uh. <laughs> That's where the ACC was was digging. The AC, the best they got is Warchant. And hey, check you out could do one worse. of their message boards, guys. You could do worse <laughs> than Warchant, believe me. You know, there, there's this is this is the pinnacle. But that's what they got. We got Swafford, nepotism, implications as skipper. Yeah, we it's got in the cross severe discounts. But sure, all Knowles, bring it. What you got? Well, I dare say that again. You didn't hit sin without knowing there will be blowback here, and I'm curious to see what what's there, what's there. I mean, it, at some point you got to figure something ugly is coming back your way, and is there a third level? Are we going to get down in the muck even further? Is there will mistresses be brought to light? I mean, where oh. are we going to go? <laughs> now, now <it> gets... <laughs> Guys, come in here. They brought up Lisa Stan. Remember her? I do. Oh, do I? <laughs> She's in the latest document, guys. The Christmas party. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a good Christmas party, though, wasn't it? It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio at War Chant TV. Good to be with you as always on a Balls Make Wednesday on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. Good times. Good times. Uh, man, I'm in the midst of drafting here, Tom, and somebody took my guy. Mm. 
with the last pick of the draft. So now I'm stuck. I got to go back through this. We'll see. I got, I got, I got options, buddy. I got options. So the sound just conked on. This is for Pebble. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, the stupid pro am that uh, they got to stop this man with all these clowns out here playing. But I will tell you, um, I don't even know if that tournament's going to happen. There's all kinds of weather. It's, it's a nightmare out there right now. So somebody pick Clint Eastwood before you could. <laughs> We don't have to take the walking dead. We take only the professionals. So we're in good shape there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm able to, he doesn't swing it anymore. Does he just sits in the booth and talks or at least he I, did. I don't I, think, I don't even know if he's doing that anymore. I watch so much more golf than I ever have. And I was already ahead of my time. I, I like golf as a kid. I don't watch the pebble. I just don't. I don't. Well, that's it's, it's, it's the pro am. It's the, that's what's ruined about it. I mean, I love the golf course, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's enjoyable to take a look at the, the scenery, but it is. But I got to tell you, the course is a little overrated, I think. And the back nine, especially. No, the back nine. It, the back nine is. is... Well, I want to I want you to 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 go. I've walked it and I would like you to do the same. I, I have a suspicion you'll you'll revoke that. You'll you'll take that back. Playing enjoyments and scenery is one thing, but like You're talking television about TV? purposes. Yeah. You, okay, you got 10 down the hill, then 11 up the hill, and it's all a bunch of nonsense until you get to 17 and 18, which are great, but no. there's just, ugh, yeah. That is a, a stunningly beautiful area, though, I will tell you. And and walking that course, you're just like, oh, my goodness gracious. You, you, you can see how it's one of the rare courses that professionals have admitted they got distracted by the blinding beauty of the yeah, hole that yeah. they were on. Okay, so six, seven, eight, nine are awesome yeah. too. Yeah. The front's kind of a whatever start, but yes, yeah, I, I would love to have you walk with me as we play around a golf out there and say, now, Tom, would you reconsider your stance <laughs> yes. as a as I've got one fifty two in on number seven? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, no, that's impossible because it's a short par four, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Eric writes, it's getting kind of fun living here in Alabama, being an FSU fan and a former marching chief. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Uh, I think it's fun for all of us to watch Alabama have to see how the other half lives. I mean, that's been a big part of this altogether. It's been a lot of fun. And then I brought this point up yesterday. Now that we've heard from the young Knowles uh, and the tra- you know the transfers, the, the folks that are making their way in here now, it, again, I, it, there's no guarantee that all of these guys that came over, whether it be from Georgia or Alabama, significantly Alabama or LSU, are going to be home runs. But I sure like my chances because many of those guys obviously recruited out of high school and or JUCO to a place like Alabama, for instance. Uh, the the check mark in the box of, yeah, go ahead and offer him a scholarship had to be made by one Nick Saban who doesn't have a habit of whiffing. You know, there's certain criteria that is met to, to be able to get a scholarship offer at Alabama. They had it rolling in such a way that you got your choice, the creme de la creme of the best five stars out there. You didn't, you know, you could turn five stars away. They had so much talent that there were quite literally guys that they went, yeah, he's talented, but he's trouble. I don't want that in my locker room. We're going to let somebody else have him. When it comes back to bite us, okay. Most people don't have that luxury. Most people see a kid that runs a 4240. And has you know a forty-inch vertical and arms that go on for days, and they go, we got to save him. We'll get him right. We'll get it. It'll be very structured. But look at this kid. You're not going to find another one of these kids. You got to get that kid in here. We'll take our chances. 
first sign ain't going to work. We'll let him go, but I, I I don't want anybody else to have him. Let's see if we can right the ship here. But Nick didn't have to do that. Georgia doesn't have to do that currently. And so when you get guys like that, you'd say, all right, well, they met a very basic criteria of being an Alabama scholarship football player, but that's a pretty damn high bar. That's an elite bar. That's like, okay, the best of the best of the players available to one. And so I, I just, again, I, I'll take my chances that the guys that were brought in are going to be really good football players, are going to be guys that you're able to get quite a bit out of and maybe right away. I'm just so impressed by how they vet players in the portal. And you're right. There's a higher chance that somebody's going to be successful for Miami than say Colorado state or Western Michigan, but they can be successful like Braden Fisk was. So it doesn't, it doesn't rule them out. Sure. But I just love the hearing, you know, the comparisons in a way between their past experiences. And now specifically yesterday, when you're hearing from Malik Benson and Ferguson as well, and Malik is talking about um, the tour of duty. And he's like, I can see why they do that. I can see why they do that around here. I can see why they've been as successful as they have because this is very difficult. And then TJ's asked about Nick Saban in the retirement. And he says, you know, I, I feel the same vibe here that I felt there. It's about the work. You got to go go get to work. It's just, you know, on the one hand, I'm, I'm happy because Florida State looks like, once again, and we'll get to know more of these kids. There's more interviews tomorrow. That they just bring in players with good heads on their shoulders when, when they vet them and they find, are they going to be fits? Are they going to be about the efforts and the opportunity rather than a promise or the glitz or the glam? I'm impressed by that. But then I'm also, when I hear Alabama kids come in and say, yeah, this is about the same. It's about the same kind of program. A lot of similarities between what Nick did and what Mike Norvell is doing. That's, that's reassuring as hell to hear. Like, we know it. you're winning. You're winning a lot. But it's just, that's nice to hear from players who have lived it. Yeah, it's affirmation, but also I just believe, and we have all along, and I know we got to go next hour here, but if if the the root of what you're doing, if the bedrock of your success is the work, you're going to be all right. I mean, that's the mantra. It's about hard work. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.